Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Bay NRL, your localised Hawks Bay podcast for all things NRL. And what a crack of a round we had first up. Some brilliant tries scored, some upset results, and a little bit of controversy as well. So let's kick into it with our round and review. The Dragons proved too strong for the Broncos up at Jubilee Oval, the first game of the round. Tries for the Dragons to Frizzell, Hunt, Aitken, DeBellin and Nightingale. Gareth Widdop for conversions and three penalty goals. And for the visitors, the Brisbane Broncos, James Roberts, the only try scorer for them. He picked up a double. Jordan Kahu with solitary conversion and solitary penalty. Supercoach top scorers was Gareth Widdop on 92 points and James Roberts with 78. Now some key stats from that game. The penalties, 9 to St George and 7 to Brisbane. Now rugby league, I noticed watching throughout this first round that the penalty counts were higher than what you'd come to expect from a normal NRL game and it could just be the referees looking to set a standard early on. Line breaks, 5 to St George and 2 to Brisbane. Now that had a huge impact on the game. Brisbane were very barely able to break St George's defence and it showed on the scoreboard. And the last stat, which I think was biggest of all from that game, missed tackles. St George's missed 12, but Brisbane missed 22 tackles. And doesn't matter which team you're playing, you miss 22 tackles, you're going to suffer points for it. I mean, 12 is still a reasonably high-ish one. We can attribute that to some first-round cobwebs, but Brisbane will be looking to improve that effort come the next match. Then we had the Knights upset, the first upset of the round, 19 points to 18 over the Sea Eagles at McDonald's Jones Stadium. Tries to Ponga, Griffin and Fitzgibbon. Ponga, three conversions and a Mitchell Pierce field goal and golden point extra time sealed that win for the men from Newcastle. For the Sea Eagles, tries to Taufua, Lane and Kelly. Daily Cherry Evans, two conversions and a penalty goal. The Supercoach top scorer was Kalen Pongia for the Knights on 86 points and Kiwi Marty Tapao for the Sea Eagles on 77. Now, my three key stats from that game. Possession, I went to golden point. It was over 88 minutes played in that game in possession 50-50. Obviously, by the score, you can say, yeah, it was close, but very rarely is possession that long, after that long, that close. Well, inseparable, in fact. Missed tackles. Now, this was a biggie for me. Newcastle missed 22 tackles, which is massive. But Manly missed 32 which I suppose is why both teams were able to stay in the game right up until Golden Point. That's a lot of missed tackles, but you'd expect more points to be scored. Three tries to the Knights and three tries to the Sea Eagles. Jeez, 32 missed tackles, you'd think you'd score about six. And just a little one-on-one battle between Mitchell Pierce and Daly Cherry Evans. Mitchell Pierce, 10 tackles to Cherry Evans, 24. Run metres, Mitchell Pierce, 25 to Cherry Evans, 55. And Supercoach points, Pierce 40 and Cherry Evans 52. But those stats don't matter. It's the one on the scoreboard that it does. And Mitchell Pierce was the one who brought the game home for the Knights. Over to 
North Queensland, and we had the Cowboys up against the Sharks at 1300 Smile Stadium. The Cowboys, a rusty win over the Sharks, 20 points to 14. Cowboys tries to O'Neill, Hess, Felt, and Cooper. Jonathan Thurston, not a happy night off the boot, only one conversion and one penalty goal. For the Sharks, Josh Dugan on his debut for the club, and James Seguiaro. Former Warrior Chad Townsend with two conversions and a penalty goal. Supercoach top scorer for the Cowboys was Jason Tomalolo on 69. And for the Sharks, Andrew Fafita on 58. Now this game was a bit of have-nots or missed opportunities. More so missed opportunities, I should say. And the Cowboys should have put so many more points on the Sharks but were unable to do so through to errors or dropping the ball near the line, just just missing out on some percentage play. Key stats and the errors, 15 to North Queensland and 14 to Cronulla, which is why I feel the Cowboys didn't get as many points as they did and Cronulla's most of their errors were coming through missed tackles. Possession, 57 to North Queensland, 43 to Cronulla, of course that's percentage. Again, Cowboys with a large share of the ball should have put more points on. And getting to that fine tune of that missed tackle stats, 10 for North Queensland and 14 for Cronulla. So there were Cronulla's big percentage of errors. Obviously that was Jonathan Thurston's 300th game. And what a lovely sight it was to see him walking out with his two young daughters. And it was great for his Sharks team, I'm sorry, Cowboys teammates to help celebrate that victory. Now the Sharks, they looked a little bit out of direction in, in the, on, on attack. And I feel that's probably due to the loss of James Maloney. He was a great general for them. And they're still looking to find someone suitable enough to fill that void. Obviously they got Chad Towns in there. But I think they need to figure out who they want to partner him with. And what impressed me the most about that game was Jake Granville. I've always seen Jake Granville as a percentage player. He makes very little mistakes, but he's not someone who sets the world alight. He had some massive moments in that game, some line breaks, some great passes of players into holes, and just his general reading of the game. He could be becoming a game-breaker, but we'll get more on that later. Over to ANZ Stadium and the Tigers, and I picked this one in my multi. Tigers 10, Roosters 8 at ANZ Stadium. There's Tiger's solitary try coming in the last 10 minutes of play to Corey Thompson. And Lolohia, Tui Lolohia, former Warrior, converting from the sideline. Lolohia also completed two penalty goals. And for the Roosters, Blake Ferguson. What a whopping game he had too. A solitary try for the Roosters and Latrell Mitchell. Also his conversion from the sideline and a penalty goal. Supercoach top scorer was... The winning try scorer for the Tigers, Corey Thompson with 97, and the man I mentioned earlier for the Roosters, Blake Ferguson with 91. Key stats from that game, ineffective tackles, so tackles that could result in an offload or a pass, just something that doesn't make the play dead. 17 for the West Tigers, but 35 for Sydney. That's phenomenal. You allow a team that many offloads, it the fatigue will begin to set in and that's where the Tigers were able to score and put some consecutive sets together at the end of that game because Sydney would have been feeling the pump. Bombs. Now, it's not a stat I normally go to, but West Tigers put up one bomb. 
Sydney Roosters put up five. For Sydney to put up five bombs, that shows the sort of territory they had, but were unable to capitalise. And penalties in the second half, this is penalties won, not penalties conceded. Five won by the West Tigers and two by the Sydney Roosters. And again, that stat, field position in the second half. West Tigers, great discipline, only conceding two. Although they did lose Luke Brooks to the Simbin late in the first half. But obviously that had no bearing. Now, great moment in this game of first day. Jared Waiwiria, Hargraves and Russell Packer, two Kiwi lads. They very much targeted each other early on looking to get that alpha dominance. That was, I believe, the setting up to what turned out to be quite a good game. Blake Ferguson, he was often used as a hit-up for hit-ups on the kickoff, almost like a seventh forward. And he has got the size, but that pace as well makes him a very, very damaging player and one that could potentially have quite a great season. And as I mentioned, the Tigers' defence was very strong with three repeat sets late in the first half from the Roosters, and they were able to keep them out. Um, another interesting stat from that is Cooper Cronk, a 40-20 with six and a half minutes to go in the first half, but then fatal error, Daniel Tupa was forced into touch in the set following that kick. And well, biggest moment of the game for me, Benji Marshall. Roosters were hot on attack, new recruit James Tedesco, and it's Benji Marshall that Benji Marshall that comes up with the big hit and forces Tedesco to drop the ball. So a great win for the Tigers there, and one they'll be looking to build on. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more results. Welcome back to Bay NRL and we go on to the second part of our results for round one of the NRL. And it was a double header at Optus Stadium in Perth and first up it was the Rabbitohs up against the Warriors. Now the Warriors have had nine games in Perth, hadn't won a single match. So they were looking to turn that one around and they did quite convincingly. 32 points to 20 over the Rabbitohs. I say convincingly because they were just so dominant on possession. Sean Johnson, what a whale of a game he had. And Blake Green in that sixth jersey, taking the pressure off Sean Johnson in terms of directing play, was able to let that X factor, I suppose, rehatch from Johnson. Anyway, the tries for the Rabbitohs. Walker, two. And Kenar, two. Conversions, two to Adam Reynolds. For the Warriors, Papali, Fusitua, two. Lasoni, Malmalo, Kata. Sean Johnson, three conversions and a penalty goal. Supercoach top scorer for the Rabbitohs was Cody Thompson with 80. And for the Warriors, Sean Johnson with 86. Now, a few key stats or moments from that game. Missed tackles, 26 by the Rabbitohs and 31 by the Warriors. Warriors ones, I believe, were earlier on and South Sydney more in that middle third just before half time and just after <laughs> penalties in the first half this is again penalties one seven by Souths and three for the Warriors 
Warriors conceding about five on the trot. That's a lot of pressure to come under, and normal Warriors defence would have conceded probably four tries in that time if they conceded that many penalties earlier on. They did concede one, but they were able to bounce back very, very quickly. And the biggest moment, I think, in the game in terms of momentum shift was the Rabbitohs no-try just before half-time. After that turnover of position, the Warriors were able to go down the length of the field and score in the corner. The call, the call, which I believe was incorrect, but again, I am not an official for the NRL, so I'm not going to judge. The uh, touch judge, I believe they're called in the NRL, was in the best position. And so, results on the scoreboard, Rabbitohs will just have to suck it up. Now, some other great parts of this game was a try-saving tackle from RTS. Roger Tui versus Sheck putting Alex Johnston into touch one metre out from the Warriors line. Now, that was a huge play early on. And I think that sort of inspired the Warriors from seeing their captain lead from the front. And also, both attacks, they look very, very lethal, but disorganised on defence, and that is something both teams will be looking to improve. And finally, last but not least, was a South's kickoff that goes dead. Sorry, South dropped the kickoff from the Warriors, and it goes dead for a line dropout. If you have something that sort of happened, you've already conceded some points late in the first half, and your head just drops. Confidence will be the key for Souths coming into this weekend. And a good stat for this game, Adam Reynolds bringing up 1,000 career points. Congratulations to him. And we have him as one of our news stories as well. Alright, I have a few more stats from this game, but I won't talk about them right now. Moving on to the second of this doubleheader, the Bulldogs facing the Storm. Again, Optus Stadium in Perth. Tries for the Bulldogs, Faitala Mariner, Brett Morris, Frawley. And Moses in by two conversions and a penalty goal. For the Storm, Jax, Scott, Addo Carr 2, Kenny Bromwich, Vunivalu. For the tries, and Cameron Smith, six conversions. Top point scorers in Supercoach, Raymond Faitala Mariner with 76, and Cameron Munster, what a whale of a game he had, 101 points. I never actually saw that game, but from what I've heard and read from all the reviews, as he was absolutely monstrous. Key stats and moments from that game. Missed tackles in the second half. Six by Canterbury and 15 by Melbourne. Very uncharacteristic and something Craig Bellamy will not be happy with. Penalties, again, penalties one, four from Canterbury and nine from Melbourne. If Canterbury are going to concede penalties, that many penalties to Melbourne, they're going to suffer for it. A phenomenal stat from the first half in territory, 59% for Canterbury, only 41% for Melbourne. Canterbury Bulldogs would have been looking to make more of that, and unfortunately they were not able to. Right, moving on. Panthers, 24-14 to 14 winners over the Eels at Panthers Stadium. Panthers debut for James Maloney, who has actually kept quite quiet in terms of Nathan Cleary taking more of a lead role, and he had a phenomenal match. Panthers tries to Wanga Blake, two, and Kikau. 
conversions, Nathan Cleary three and three penalty goals. For the Eels, Josh Hoffman two tries and Corey Norman a singular. Conversion to Mitchell Moses. Top supercoach scorers for the Panthers was Wagga Blake, 88, and Josh Hoffman for the Eels with 85. Key stats from that game, missed tackles in the second half, 9 by Penrith and 20 by Parramatta. If they were able to close that gap on the missed tackle stats, very, very likely possibility that Eels get the two points from that game. Penalties, one in the second half, five by Penrith, nine by Parramatta. So Penrith could have almost um, let that one go, I suppose, just by poor discipline. And possession, much like one of the games earlier on, did even 50-50. So the Eels had enough of possession to cross over the line. But they were unable to, and missed tackles is what hurt them. Now, the Panthers, what really hurt them was their completion rate, 68%. I know it's early in the season, but you've really got to see better than that. Missed tackles, 33 by Penrith, 38 by Parramatta. How there wasn't any more points scored, I'm not sure. But that is a phenomenal stat, 71 missed tackles in one game. Both coaches will be looking for great improvement in that area. If they go through the rest of their games with that sort of missed tackle stats, they'll be, they'll be bottom quarter of the table for sure. And as I said before, James Maloney, Panthers debut, very, very quiet, wasn't really seen much. But I also believe that's probably because Nathan Cleary took a dominator, a game leader role, a general role, and directed Penrith around the park and actually did a fair good job too. Now, just a shout-out to a friend of mine, Andrew Dwan, who was watching the game from Bay of Plenty. How are you, Andrew? And he mentioned that the simbinning of Mitchell Moses for Parramatta for not being square at marker and a desperate, de- desperate defensive move to stop the Panthers from scoring. Andrew thought that was a bit marginal. So, again, that was a big moment in the game because that could have possibly stopped Parramatta from getting some momentum. Only having 12 on the park that could have been the winning and losing of the game. Right, and the final game of the round was the Titans coming up against the Raiders at CBS CBS Stadium and, sorry, CBUS Super Stadium. And it was the Gold Coast Titans with a last-minute victory over the Raiders, 30 points to 28. The Raiders were quick starters in this game. I believe they had three tries on the board before the Titans even got anything. Anyway, the Titans were the winners on the day, and their tries went to Proctor, Elgie, Sammy, Copley, and Harrell, that final try. Michael Gordon for conversions and a penalty goal. And the Raiders tries to Havili, Whiten, Whitehead, Polo, and Leilua. Jared Croker, three conversions, Aiden Caesar, one. And the top super coach scorers, 95 points for Ashley Taylor from the Titans, and 70 points for Junior Polo from the Raiders. The key stats from that game, offloads. Gold Coast, 14 offloads. Now, that is fantastic. Great support play and it can mean the continuation of attack on the Canberra line. And by line, I mean defensive line, not the try line, although that possibly did happen when they were on the red zone attack. 
and four offloads from Canberra. You can see where the difference is there, can't you? Line breaks in the first half, Gold Coast only had one and Canberra had five. So that's why the Raiders were able to create such a strong, healthy lead. But this next step, position in the second half, 67% to the Gold Coast. And that there was the winning of the game. They starved Canberra of the ball. When Canberra got the ball, they got desperate. They tried to throw it around. The Gold Coast were able to keep ball in hand and just methodically pick up points. And in the end, Conrad Hurrell's try was the deciding moment. As I mentioned earlier, Canberra were up 24 points to 6 after 27 minutes. Not to sound a little cynical here, but that's like a Warriors performance. You're up 24-6 after 27 minutes, and then you lose. Warriors could be up 24-6 after 65 minutes, and they'd lose. Obviously, I'm talking in the past. The Warriors put a great performance together on, I believe it was Saturday night. They'll be looking to not go to old tricks. And, of course, the Gold Coast, in the remainder of the match, scored 24 points to 4. So some big momentum shifts in that game. And Ashley Taylor, touted as one of the greatest up-and-comers of the Titans, four try assists. Titans scored five tries. Ashley Taylor was the instigator in four of them. And that's phenomenal. That's what you want out of a playmaker, and he will be one to watch. Right, so that's the sum-up of the first-round fixtures. We'll be back shortly with... Our three questions. Welcome back to Bay NRL. My name is Josh Strong. And our three questions for the week. First one is Wade Graham. Does he choke under the big moments? I did wonder this a few times last year when he was playing for New South Wales. I was unable to find the stats, however, but it seemed in key moments of the game he conceded a penalty, he dropped the ball just from sloppiness. And he, the same thing happened in the Sharks game against North Queensland. Conceded a penalty with North Queensland trying to bring the ball out from their own line with a high tackle and a drop ball in his own half with only two points separating the teams. Now, is it nerves, possibly, or is he not a big match player? There's certainly the ability there. He certainly has a lot of respect from his coach, Shane Flanagan, and from his teammates. But to me, for Wade Graham, I need to see more. I need to see him perform in those big moments to be convinced on him. And quite frankly, from what I've seen so far, he hasn't shown that. Next question. Sean Johnson. That form he showed versus the Rabbitohs, very much the same as the form he showed when he won the Golden Boot. 14 tackles, 
two try assists, 94 run metres, two line breaks and five tackle busts. A phenomenal effort from Sean Johnson and the Warriors, especially Stephen Kearney, will be hoping he can continue that through the remainder of the season. And I dare say if he does, he could very much be in with a winning and with a run into winning not only the Golden Boot, but the Dally M medal. Obviously it's too early in the season to tell, but it's just something I am going to be keeping a very close eye on. And last but not least, Nathan Cleary being such a, a commander general for the Panthers on the weekend. What does that mean for James Maloney? Obviously his role at the Sharks, he was the leader, he was the goal kicker at Penrith, Nathan Cleary taking that role. So... My question is, what does that mean for James Maloney? And his, what is he, what's he supposed to be doing at the Panthers? Is he a confidence player? Is he the guider in terms of what Blake Green does for the Warriors? Because it seemed to me on the weekend that that's what Nathan Cleary was doing. James Maloney's not kicking goals and Nathan Cleary's being the general for the team. We need to actually see some good performances from him earlier on. I had James Maloney as my super coach captain. He only got about seven points. So double that was 14. I feel he needs to be more involved. Penrith spent some good money to get him. They'll be looking to make sure that he's earning his wage. All right, if you'd like to have a ponder over these questions or you have your own take on any of this, Send me an email, josh at baynrl.com, or message, post on our Facebook page. We look to create a good debate. Right, time for the news. And the big news out of the NRL at the moment is Adam Reynolds. Out until at least round five with a knee injury he suffered against the Warriors. It was, I remember the moment in the game he took a big tackle and looked a little bit sore. He played through it. His teammate, Centre Dane Gagai, says, didn't realise it was as serious as it was. He toughed it out. But it turns out it's serious enough that it needs to be cleared out, all the cartilage around the knee joint, and he won't be back until at least round five. Billy Slater will play his 300th game for the, the NRL and for the Melbourne Storm, when they come up against the Tigers on Saturday. Slater has been named to start at fullback with Cameron Munster moving back to six. Slater debuted in 2003 and spoke to Fox Sports Australia on Tuesday. I'm extremely proud to play 300 games in the NRL. Um, you know, there's only been 30 players to have done it in, in its history and um, I'll become the 31st player. So very proud achievement um, and I, I suppose... Everyone's in everyone's mind is the the last few years that I've had to get through. I, I think it's taken me three and a half years to play 30 games in the NRL. Um, I notched up the, the first 270 pretty quick, and uh, the last three years it's it's been a little bit uh, slow. So, yeah, that makes it that little bit more special, I suppose. And my final news story of the first round. The new Australian Rugby League Commission Chairman Peter Beattie made quite, a, quite an embarrassment of himself when, in an interview with Full Gould, Gould asked Beattie to name the team that plays out of the Cronulla Sutherland Shire, only for Beattie to respond, I'll have to be honest, I wouldn't have a bloody clue, but I'll know next week. 
Now, Gould was a little bit taken aback by this. It created a lot of humour around the NRL, but also a lot of people were very upset, especially Sharks fans, and why wouldn't you? Anyway, those are the news stories for the week. Up next, it's competition time. Competition time now, and last week I asked, who was the last player to be sent off in a State of Origin match? I'll give you a hint. The hint was New South Wales player, and it was in 2009, Trent Waterhouse. Now, he got involved in a scuffle between Steve Price from Queensland and Brett White from New South Wales, taking Price to ground while grasping him around the neck and head, and Tony Archer, the referee at the time, had no hesitation in sending him from the field. Also, Sam Thiday was sent to the Simbin in that match, as well as New South Welshman Ben Cray for their involvement in a melee. Right, if you got that answer right, well, you didn't, you didn't message in. We all know. So no one wins the prize. Anyway, same prize up for grabs this week, a $20 New World gift card. And this week's question... What is the Proven Summons Trophy? Email your answer to competitions at baynrl.com and you could be in with a chance to win that gift card. Next up, my multi. Last week, two games. Everything right other than two games. Picked the Sharks to beat the Cowboys and I picked the Titans to lose over the Raiders. Well, pick the Raiders to win is probably a better sound vote. I picked the Raiders to win. Both those teams had opportunities. They had a chance to win the game. To be fair, the Raiders should have won their game and the Sharks were lucky to be in that. So I suppose it's a bit of a balance out. And this week, $5 multi. This one will pay... $158 if it comes true, and you could win $100 of that. All you have to do is like, share, comment on the page, and if my multi comes true, you have $100. And I will do a random draw live on the Facebook page. All right, my multi this week Cronulla versus St. George. I've picked the Dragons. That's on Thursday. On Friday night, Sydney versus. Sydney Roosters versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Sydney Roosters are my pick in that match. Brisbane North versus North Queensland. That promises to be a beauty. North Queensland, after their performance last week, they got home over the Sharks, and I feel they'll have the good kick up the ass to carry on. The Warriors against the Gold Coast. I've picked the Warriors at home. Great performance last week. They'll be looking to continue. Panthers versus South Sydney. The Panthers have some great momentum heading into this game. The Souths will be feeling a little dejected after being beaten by the Warriors. It promises to be a cracker of a game, but I'm picking the Panthers. Melbourne versus the West Tigers. Obviously, the Tigers will be on some confidence after that last win, but I think Melbourne still too experienced and still too strong. I predict an easy win for them. Manly versus Parramatta. I'm picking Parramatta on this one. Manly are the favourites, but I feel Parramatta showed glimpses of what they're capable of against the Panthers, 
and we'll be looking to sharpen up their error rate against the Sea Eagles. And the final game of the round, Canberra versus Newcastle. Great win for Newcastle last week against Manly. However, Canberra, they will be absolutely furious after that loss, and so will Ricky Stewart, that they will not let Newcastle get the better of them. I'm picking Canberra on that one. Now, obviously, this multi has a few more safe bets, shall we say, which is why it's not paying out as much, but you could still win the lion's share of this if it all comes to true. Don't forget, like, share, comment on the page, and you can be in to win this prize. The NRL Supercoach. Now, as I said last week, if you don't have this app and you're a fan of the NRL, you've got to get involved in it. It is fantastic. My team, a couple of disappointing performances. Obviously, my captain, James Maloney. Well, in fact, only scoring three points. Double that is six. And also from, who else? Ben Hampton for the Cowboys, 21, and Dallin Watney, Zelezniak, 18, also for the Panthers. I scored 755 points, which I thought I was pretty happy with for the first round, but it turns out it wasn't as good as I thought, and it sits me in 84,000th position, give or take. Take. But some great performances from my hooker, Jake Granville. Captain Sean, oh, sorry, this week's Captain Sean Johnson, who's 86. Obviously, I don't get double points for him, but he will be my captain for this upcoming round. Tohu Harris, 68. And Leilua and Felt, 50 and 51 points. Now, one player I did miss out on was Josh Hoffman. He scored 85 points. He was on my bench, but not one of my listed reserves, so I don't get his points. However, he still contributes to my team value, which is 9,351,100. We'll wait and see whether that's a good value or not. And I still have 48,000 remaining in my salary. So there's always the option to sell and buy a player. I'll be looking to make no personnel changes for this round due to fixtures, but the only one I will be changing is that Sean Johnson becomes my captain. Now that may be a little bit of a uh, chasing a tail sort of situation after the Warriors' performance over the weekend, but they're back at home against the Gold Coast, who were pretty much a get-out-of-jail against the Raiders, and the Warriors will be looking to build on that win. Their new breathing technique, keeping them calm, getting them back to ground level, it's an interesting thing, but it may very well work. All right, that's it for this week's Super Coach. If you've got a team, message it through to the Facebook page, email it through to me at josh at bayonrl.com. We'll create a league, we'll get into it, we'll have our debates about it, and it should be fantastic. All righty, it's almost time for me to go, but just before I do, I am going to preview... The round two fixtures. I went into this a little bit while picking my multi, but this is a bit more in depth. Thursday night, we've got Cronulla up against St. George, and Cronulla will be looking for a much better performance in terms of percentages if they are to take down the Dragons, whereas the Dragons are coming off a very good win at home versus the Broncos, and will be looking to continue that momentum as they go on the road. I am picking the Dragons to win this one, even if it's only by a slim margin. Friday night's first game, Sydney Roosters against the Canterbury Bulldogs. Sydney showed a lot of promise in their loss to the Tigers, 
and will be furious at losing a game that they feel they should have won due to the sheer fact that they were the dominant team. For the Bulldogs, they'll be up against it if if Sydney can put together a full 80-minute performance. The likes of Clemmer and Jackson will need to inspire on defence if Canterbury are to take home the two points. I'm picking the Sydney Roosters. Brisbane versus North Queensland. The game of the round for me, this Queensland derby, and I feel this match will have a significant impact on fringe players for State of Origin who are looking to impress the selectors. Anthony Milford looked out of sorts against the Dragons, and unless he can find some rhythm, Thurston and the Queensland pack will be his worst nightmare. And for the Cowboys, they'll be looking to turn territory into points after letting a few opportunities against the Sharks fall short. The Warriors against the Gold Coast. Both teams will be buzzing after first round wins and the battle between the halfbacks and Ashley Taylor and Sean Johnson is going to be an absolute beauty. However, both teams will also be looking to improve on their starts. Both conceding early tries and both looked very shaky at the beginning of their games. Obviously finished very well, but they'll be looking to put together that strong start to make it a complete performance. I'm picking the Warriors. They are at home. The Panthers against South Sydney. Now Penrith bring in some very good momentum with their win over Parramatta, even after a slow start. Like a few other teams, they'll be looking to put together a full 18-minute performance. Now South, they'll be absolutely hurting after getting overpowered by the Warriors in the West. And they will need to improve on their completion rate of 66%, 23 completions out of 35 sets if they are to beat the Panthers team. Look for Cleary and Maloney to really look to capitalise, I suppose, on South's mistakes. Now Melbourne against the West Tigers. The Tigers last week showed they had some great heart on defence, but still made a lot of mistakes. And if they make errors like that and give Melbourne repeat sets, (laughs) it's going to be over by half-time. I'm sorry to say that, it sounds a little bit naive maybe, but Melbourne are such a unit that they will dominate every facet if the Tigers let them. So the Tigers, completions, kicks, anything, they have to do it very, very accurately and very, very well if they are to take away the two points. Still a possibility, but I am not betting against Melbourne on this one. I pick Melbourne. Manly against Parramatta. Now, Parramatta will be ruined not being able to capitalise on their comeback, I suppose, against Panthers. They had the opportunity to win, and they let it slip. 20 missed tackles in the second 40 also. That played a massive role. Now, Manly, I think, underestimated Newcastle. Probably a little bit of complacency after the previous season. They would have gotten a wake-up call from that and expect them to kick into gear against Parramatta, but I still think that the Eels will take that one home. And the final game of the round is Canberra versus Newcastle. And another potential game of the round here, I feel. Canberra were unable to finish against the Gold Coast, and Newcastle had a tight win over Manly. Both teams will have to be on song for the full 80 to win this match. A 60-minute performance will not cut it. And I am picking Canberra on that one, purely on the fact that they will be furious that they let that one slip.
All right, that's my predictions for the upcoming round. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Bay NRL. If you have any questions you'd like to email me, josh at baynrl.com or send a message or a post on the Facebook page and our competitions, competitions at baynrl.com. Right, time, that's it for me tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. and We'll see you next week. Another great round of the NRL ahead of us. And I hope you get your super coaches team in because I am ready to take you on. Till next time, ciao for now.